why did I choose to uncouple and why did I wait a year to share my side of how things went down? Welcome to Grow with Kobe. Listen, this is a podcast that can help us navigate in a more skilled way the life that's in front of us as parents, partners, individuals, professionals, whatever applies to you. And if we can understand the skills that will help us to create as little collateral damage as possible, if we can focus on the things that will get us to the place where we want to go, if we have mindfulness of the skills, we can seriously understand who we are, which means we can better connect with the people who are around us. So come with me. This is going to be raw. It will be unfiltered. It will be vulnerable. We'll talk about successes. We'll talk about miserable failures. But most importantly, you're going to get authenticity from me and from all my guests. So come on, come with me. Let's all go together. This is going to be interesting. It'll be, it'll be a, yeah, it will be an interesting conversation, but I want to, I want to tee this up and Nate, you and I talked about this beforehand, everybody. I'm joined by Nate Farnsworth, uh, dearest friend of mine, uh, longtime friend. And uh, Nate's, Nate's been a, a confidant. He's been a check and balance for me on a myriad of things in life. <laughs> Probably more than what you, it's like, I don't think I signed up for all of this, but okay, whatever. Um, so, so Nate, Nate, you've, you've seen things. Um, you've seen more of my journey of my life and the life of, of Ashlyn and the girls um, more so than most people have ever seen. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you to come here. And because when I use the word check and balance, Nate, you've, you've been exactly that. And not always when I wanted you <laughs> to be <laughs> yeah. the check and balance. Fair? Yeah, absolutely. And um, the, uh, I, th- I think the thing on that, too, is to, to point out is that the, the, the reason why, Nate, that you're here is also really to, to keep me in, in focused on, on message. And the message is, is about me today. The message is about yeah. my journey of growth, not just in the past year, but what life was like for me, you know, the, the five, 10 years previous to that. And how did all of those years lead to this point and lead to the point last year where I decided to uncouple from Ashland? Yeah, I think that's everybody's on their own path, right? Yeah. And this is an opportunity for you to share what you saw on your path mm-hmm. that got you to this point. Yeah. Um, you asked me a couple of weeks ago what I thought about getting to the point where you shared your story and uh, what that would look like. And as we were talking through what that could look like, we wanted to make sure that we gave or, or that, that you were able to share your version uh, of what, what happened, mm-hmm. how you got t- to this point, mm-hmm. but being fair. Totally. We, we know that everyone's going to have a bias. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to have their side of the story. There, you know, there are two sides to every coin. And, um, you asked me to, to be part of this with you, mm-hmm. not just because, you know, we've, we've been friends for 12 years, whatever it is, mm-hmm. 10 years. And for, um, and I, I, I uncoupled at a point in your life where you could have mm. uncoupled. That's totally true. Um, and, at that time, you chose not to. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we'll talk more about wh- what that was like. But mm-hmm. um, 
as we were going through and kind of talking about what what this what this podcast could look like. What yeah. what is this episode? What's the intent behind it? Mm-hmm. Um, you were very good to say, hey, I, I want to be able to share my personal feelings, what emotions and things had gone gone, th- what you'd been through, yeah, while still being able to um, respect. Um, your what do you call previous your ex what former former that's yeah. uh, let's say uh respect her mm-hmm. um she'll always hold a place oh, dude, yeah there'll always be love there'll always be love and 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 you know that, that can't be really captured i mean you know that yeah absolutely i i love and respect her as well yeah right yeah um she, she's been a part of my life um so i i have that i want to make sure that i can help I'm going to say guide the conversation yeah. a little bit yeah, yeah. so that as, as we're talking, um, we can be respectful of that because totally. she's going to have her, her own story. Yeah. Um, we want to make sure that the truth that you experienced Kobe over the past, you, well, your whole life yeah. Right, yeah. is represented while still respecting her truth. Yeah. And, um, those are the parameters. And I kind of look at this, how you tee that up. It's kind of like putting up the bumper rails at the bowling alley. Yes, exactly. Right? It's yep. like we're going to use those things, um, fairness, inequity, um, fairness and equity, not inequity. Yeah. <laughs> fairness um, and equity and, and understanding for the other as, as um, a means to guide the conversation so we don't end up in the gutter. Exactly. And the, the cool thing about this and what I hope to the episode comes out as mm-hmm. – is for people that are going through situations in their lives where they're debating whether they should uncouple or not. Mm-hmm. They might be struggling with something with their with their partner, their spouse, or totally. whatnot. That they can take what you've learned, where you were at, and I'm gonna call it like check boxes. Yeah. They can they can say, Hey, yeah, I feel good. These are things that I'm willing to live with or not willing to live with uh-huh. that I've looked at. Um and they'll lead them to an informed decision yeah. that they themselves could make. Yeah. Um, there's a previous episode. I don't know what number it is when you're talking with Soraya. Uh-huh. Um, she's great, by the way. Yeah, like she's that, fantastic. That, that episode is fantastic. And, and the gist of the episode is, um, or at least the, there's a part of it where you have to, she, she's explaining that you have to be okay making your own decisions. That a lot of our, our uh, whether it's culturally or whatnot, we have this idea that other people need to tell us what to do. Mm. And if not you, but if a, if a listener is in a situation where they're looking for an outside source mm-hmm. to tell them whether they should uncouple or not, mm-hmm. that is the wrong move. Totally, totally, totally. That doesn't mean they're wrong. It's the move is wrong. Yes. They need to feel comfortable. You need to feel comfortable yourself yeah. saying that I'm good with this decision. Yes. And being able to, to support it and stand by it. Yes. Um, because if we don't do it that way, then we're, we're leaning on someone else's conclusion to support our action when that really wasn't our motive to begin with. Yeah. And for whatever the reason that we want to do that. Yeah. And when we're talking about uncoupling, a lot of the times that's because we expect someone else to take that responsibility for that choice. Mm. We, we don't want that responsibility to be honest. <laughs> You're preached in the square. It's, it's yes. hard. Yeah, it's absolutely, it's hard. It's super tough. It's but super tough. ultimately, you're the only person that can make that choice. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's made for you by your spouse, but. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and and yeah, right. And that was, uh, but, but I mean, that's, that's so well said. That is so well said. And, and again, this is, um, we'll get into why I chose to wait till this season 
um, after uncoupling um, is to is to share why that why why now is the time. Yeah. Um, and and I think that's going to be a really really important piece of this because um, we had there's just well there's just a lot of road there's yeah. a lot of road in between um, you know ten years ago five years ago five years ago um, and then of course the last year yeah like there's been a lot of, of water that's gone to the bridge in the last year and so hopefully this episode will will shed some some light and some fairness to what has been predominantly um, a story that has been shared by Ashlyn and she has every right to do to share her experience. It's it's her story just as much as it is. Yes. We are co-authors in this and uh, I have to take responsibility for my co-authorship and its effect on her and the girls. And I, and that's honestly, that's going to be something, especially with the girls, that's going to be something I'm going to have to, to just uh, manage and deal with moving forward for the rest of, well, for for the number of years ahead because of what that may or may not mean for the girls. But I have co-authorship in yeah. that. And hopefully listeners will be able to take from that uh-huh. for their own personal yeah. experiences. That they can learn what what you're going through and apply similar situations to what they're going through. Yes. Not for getting your seal approval. Yes. But for them to feel confident in, hey, this is my choice that I want to stay or I want to leave. Yeah. You know, you said something earlier, just a moment ago, Nate, which is... Um, you know, you hear somebody um, come to a, or they make a statement and it's like, oh, wait, can I grab that and run with it? Um, about, and it doesn't matter what, what the topic is, but I'm very much the one, and I've always been this way, um, though I am probably less that way, less, less so that way now than I ever have been. But I've always been the one to say, here's a situation. Can I share with me your perspective? What are your thoughts about this perspective? And it wasn't necessarily to seek an answer. As much as it was just like, I have to have context because my head is on a swivel and I'm spinning in circles. Yeah. I don't know which way is right, left, up, down, whatever. And so um, I appreciate you making that very important uh, distinction between tell me what to do versus like, what was your experience here? What was your insight? What did you observe here? Exactly. And as we were kind of talking about this in the last couple of weeks, what we what we hope to see in this podcast, um, one of the things that... that we did is we kind of laid out some, some guidelines, not guidelines, but, um, some, some boxes that if you're considering uncoupling, Uh um, you need to kind of think about. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll hit on those throughout the podcast, but like you were saying that context of, have I thought through everything? Have I, have I, you know, are there, are there, other boxes that I need to look at? Are there, are there situations that I need to look at? It's not, yes. it's not as just straightforward as, Hey, I, I'm, it's I'm a done process. Yeah. It is a, it is such an enormous process. And, um, to go through all that because of what it all entails. But I, but I will say this, I guess just to, just to kind of get the ball rolling is in terms of timing. Right. Um, so why haven't I shared until now? And what's, what's unique about now yeah. versus six months ago or nine months ago or whatever the case was. And I, it has everything to do with uh, my, my decision to, to, sit, to sit in this. Like, meaning to, yeah, say, I'm going to sit in this discomfort. I've just made this, this huge life-changing decision. And it will forever affect the girls. It will forever affect Ashlyn. And for all of you who are listening... And who have listened before, previously for the years before, 
there's probably a lot of mixed emotions that you're that you're experiencing now just listening to this and that's okay and i want you to i want you to know that that i support that and i honor the flux of emotions that you're going to feel yeah because guess what i felt those too <laughs> kind of a lot um but but the the most important thing is is once i had made this decision then i knew i had to sit in it and yeah. what that really just means is i'm in this i'm in this little apartment uh, you know, 10 miles from where Ashland is. And I decided I just need to sit in this chair in this apartment and sit in this so I can process, so I can feel through it without having any other um, outside influences that would not serve me in feeling through this and sitting in this. Yeah. It, Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that what, if, if I can kind of... Um... Yeah. Summarize a little bit differently, maybe. You you wanted to be able to not just work through your emotions, but keep them to yourself to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you know, you didn't update your Facebook profile to say single or divorce or whatever that mm -hmm. the, the, you can do now. Yeah. You didn't post on, um, you know, you, you didn't post on Instagram about being, you know, thirst trap that you're looking all good and, and, and stuff. <laughs> it wasn't like, hey, I'm single now. Yeah. I've, I've, I've slept that, that that part of me yeah. really what it was is, Hey, I want to, I want to get in my space to feel comfortable with the decision that I have made. Yes. And I have now gone through that whole process and feel comfortable at the point that when you share about what it is, yeah. that it was going to be fair and equitable. Yes. And it wasn't going to be misleading. Oh, uh, see, that's, that's really, really important. And I'm really glad that you said it like that because that was with all the emotions that I felt um, over the past year, that was that would that was the very easiest thing to be able to get uh, caught up into yeah. and and to and to go that road. It would be really easy to go down that road because despite the pain and the anguish and the devastation that I caused Ashley and the girls with the decision, guess what? I also felt my own measure of pain and yeah. devastation and hurt. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about that. But I knew that I could not have any of those emotions um, taint the message of what was really my experience. And yeah. this episode is going to be about my experience, not just the past year, but the years leading up to it. Yeah. And yeah. that's what we want you guys to come away with is this isn't about, I'm not, my, my hands are in my pockets <laughs> just for the record. So I'm, I'm not pointing any fingers anywhere. Um, it's about what I experienced. Yeah. And I think that's fair to say that um, like we kind of teed up earlier that, um, she has her story. Mm -hmm. You have your story, mm -hmm. and neither of them are wrong. Yeah, they are both right. Um, you've been living your truth. You you found what that truth was. Mm -hmm. She's been living her truth. She's mm -hmm. found what that truth is. Yeah, and just because um, they might appear different on the, on the surface doesn't mean that either one is wrong. No, that's so. totally fair. Totally fair. So I think the um, I guess the easiest way to tee up just this last year. Nate, as to as to why I have just sat in this and not said anything, um, I knew for sure that I I knew for sure that I needed to have some solitude. I needed to circle my wagons, if you will, if we're talking yeah. like a you know a, a, an Oregon Trail <laughs> <laughs> yeah. game reference. But I needed to, I needed to circle my wagons, and they needed to be circled for a long time because um, I had changed the landscape of people who were in my in my circle yeah, and people who were in my inner circle mm -hmm. and i needed to reevaluate those and figure out okay who is 
who's going to go where and why? And what is it that, what expectations do I need to give to people who are around me so that I can say, Hey, look, this is a really hard time right now. This is what I, this is what I need from you. Yeah. And if, and if you can roll with that, that's fantastic. And if, if, if that's not going to work right now because you're feeling your own stuff, that's so okay too. We'll convene at some future point in time. We can talk about it, but for right now, I need to make sure that I'm, I'm the, the master and commander of the message that's in my head between yeah. my ears. Yeah. Right. And tell me a little bit, what was that like for you to, because we all get it. Like when, when we feel, whether it's betrayed or whether we feel wronged, mm-hmm. when we're going through something, we want to share that. It's just, you know, it's not, that it's a misery loves company, but it's one of those where I have an emotion and I want to feel validation. Uh-huh. Um, what was that like? Because it's, it's been a year or so now yeah. since you, you, you've made that choice and you move forward, but what was that experience like to not bottle it in, but to be careful about what you said when you said it and, and whatnot? That was really, that was actually really important. Um, because in, I mean, you, you know, you know me more than most people. I'm, I'm a fairly passionate, <laughs> albeit rash, uh, uh, kind of a guy. It's like, I can go where the energy takes me. Right. Yeah. And, and historically I have not been, um, mentally disciplined, focused, consistent. Um, that's not to say that, that I've been absent of those things, yeah. but when it came to like personal things, yeah. And, and so I think for me, it was important that I had to, um, not engage in any, um, outside messages or whether I, I share them myself. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, I would bring anybody else in to, to, to share those with as well. That there are very select few. You obviously you've been one of them, but there are very select few that that were that I allowed in because I had already made my decision, and what I didn't want is to have anybody come back in to try to retool my decision, or question my decision, or vet my decision, because yeah. I didn't need anybody else to do that for me. I was respond if I'm ultimately responsible for my decisions. Yeah, then I didn't want to have anybody else try to come back and say. Well, maybe I consider this right here. And that was a very conscious choice, is what yes. you're saying. Did you struggle with that, like on a day to day thing? Was it was it you know pop up sporadically? Yeah, it popped up or? sporadically, like um, in certain instances, you know, events and holidays and you know things that you would see on social media. It's like oh, emotional triggers and stuff. Yeah, it's just like I would see you know memories or whatever the case yeah. is. People, and it's like oh, those days. Yeah. Oh man, or that moment, or that memory, that experience. Um, and I, and I ached for those and that was part of the bitterness that I experienced, um, in, in circling at wagons is, is making a very, uh, deliberate and conscious decision to say, I just need to make sure that I can, I can manage the thoughts that are in my head, which means I'm going to have to manage the people who I allow into my head. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they become very, very, very few in number, very few in number because I also didn't want to get, um, emotionally caught up in a place where I um, decided to go against the original decision of circling my wagons. Was that kind of like one of those um, say no to drugs, dare to drug, dare, the, the dare program, right? Where <laughs> yeah. you made that choice early on. Yeah. And because you had made that choice, you were able to stand by that choice. Easier. Yes. Yes. There were, very, there were, there were um, far fewer people that I had to, um, I guess, address that with, if that makes sense. Yeah, that had influence over Yes, you. Yeah, yes. Absolutely. And, um, and the people that I did allow in, I was just very prescriptive with. And yeah. like, this is exactly what I need from you. Yeah. I, I, you know, 
this is what I need, this is what I don't need. Yeah. And because there were so few, it was it was really nice to know, okay, though they're few, um, they're mighty to me and yeah. they're meaningful yeah. to me. So so that was a really that was a really important part of it because again, I didn't want to have anybody else's influence anybody else's energy influence how um how I was doing in terms of um my own state this last year because yeah. it wasn't just me but it was also the girls like yeah. Ashlyn and I have the girls 50-50 right mm -hmm. and so I can't just show up um I just can't show up as a dad here and and be a total mess like I've got to be able to be engaged and 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 thankfully so I've I I because I limited my um my social and interaction do you know what i mean that gave me more bandwidth to deal with the girls situations as they came up and they came up <laughs> i assure you they came up because they were dealing with the tumult the, the disruption they saw it they, they totally they, saw they it they were in there yeah and so, that was that was really important for me too nate that i did i was yeah. able to allocate enough mental focus mental attention um on the girls and that meant that it had to be withheld from somebody else. And I'm glad that I made the decision that way. Yeah. Well, let's, let's switch gears a little bit. Okay. Let's, um, I think to kind of help tee up what the last year has been like, uh -huh. uh, I want to go back maybe not 10 years, whenever it was, mm -hmm. um, you and I, like we had said earlier, uh, not exactly similar, but I uncoupled, mm -hmm. um, 2013, 2014. Mm -hmm. I should remember that. It should be a bigger date. <laughs> um, but um, you were going through a, a situation at the time where you could have, at that point, chosen to uncouple. Totally. And and you chose not to at the time. Yep. And I think telling a little bit of where you were in that at that time, mm -hmm. and talking a little bit about what that meant um, to you then. Mm -hmm. As opposed to whatever it was, uh, six, eight, ten years later, yeah, um, when you decided that it, now, oh. now is the time, I think that would gives a, a little bit of context. Yeah, um, share a little bit about who I was then. Yeah, and and who I was a year ago when I made the decision. Yeah, and what what the difference was. Let's let's talk about why you chose not to then. Yeah, and why you chose. Yeah, the, that's a, that's a super, that's a really that's a really great insight. And you guys, this is exactly why I have Nate. <laughs> In my life, this is one of the many reasons why, but it just processes and things and things that are just totally different for me, which I'm super, super value and, and grateful. And I've always said that to you, Nate, but, um, I know this for sure. Um, when, when things were really, really challenging after, um, my second affair, um, and it was just, it was, it was so, so, so hard. This is what I did know. Okay. I could look back and say, I didn't, I didn't know who I was as, and I'll just split this up into like roles in life that I play. Perfect. Okay. So as a professional, um, oddly enough, that was, excuse me, the professional life is, is, is oddly, um, one of those arenas that, that actually flourished despite my personal, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, continual, you know, <laughs> tumult i don't know that's not that's a generous word to say tumult but i was like upside down backwards inside out i was a mess you didn't know who you were totally that's totally that's the crux of it yes but professionally i i felt really really good about you about were, how i was able to perform and about work and so forth right you were on a hot streak yeah it was yeah it was that was the yin to the yang that i needed desperately right otherwise i'd have been like a, I, I did who knows if i'd even be here but that was that was professionally 
But then as, as um, an individual, I was like a, I, I was like, I was so unsure. I was unstable. Um, I was unreadable. I would bounce back and forth as to um, who I was, who I thought I was, who I, who I thought I should be. Just as an individual. What does that look like? Because I, I hear you say the words, I knew you, uh-huh. but what, what does that look like? So if, if, you're, if someone's listening to this podcast and, and they're saying, man, I feel uh, discombobulated yeah. or whatever, yeah. what did that look like for you? So I, so let's say, for example, um, my, so, so my membership in the church, I grew up in the Church of Jesus Christ of the Saints and, you know, the Mormon, Mormon. Church. <laughs> You know the Mormons, <laughs> so I, I grew up in that in in that church, and it was devout for so long, for so long, and ended up leaving in in March of nineteen. That's a whole different topic, but um, but because I was living such a contradictory life, okay, meaning my own personal life, I was not in alignment with what I was uh, professing to be as my as my. Uh, uh, I was thinking that this, I was, I was trying to profess, this is the way I want to be able to live, but I could not do it. I couldn't deliver on, 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 my, on my part of what it was. So that meant that I felt unworthy and I felt unloved and I felt not good enough okay. and I felt less than yeah. because I couldn't, I couldn't comply. I could not meet the, the standard that was there. And that was how I felt like, geez, since I was like probably eight to 17, years old. Yeah. And I, I just couldn't meet the standard. I don't think that you're unique in that, right? No. I think a lot of people have that same that same thing where they're going through whatever and they feel like they're maybe a fraud. Yeah. They're professing one thing, they want to believe it, yeah. but they don't necessarily have um the... There's other dynamics at play that keep them from from aligning uh, what they what they profess they want to be able to to to, to be living as and when the rubber hits the road yeah. there, there's just a misalignment and I and and I know what that's like and I know for sure forever I thought I was just a straight up liar and hypocrite and was there part of that that was at play sure but what I also want to say is it would be doing any human a disservice to say because they don't align then in, in terms of what they want and what they're doing or the way that they want to be able to live and what they're actually doing. That makes them a liar and a hypocrite, and it voids their experience Absolutely. and their insight. That's not that's not the case at all. Yeah. Life is, as much as we want it to be black and white, life is in the gray. Absolutely, because there's so many innumerable experiences that each human has that that leads them to the gray. To try to whittle it down and distill it into black and white is futile, and it just didn't, it, it just is. It's it's not fair for like but ten thousand reasons. But at the time, you thought you had to. You had yes, to be black or white. Yes, and so that was the part, Nate, that just ate me up inside. Like, how can I not do this very simple thing? How can I do that? But then, see, th- th- there's a crossover now. So if we go from talking about me as a, as an individual and then as a partner to Ashlyn, then okay, mm-hmm. it was a double whammy because Ashlyn knew when I wasn't compliant. Does that make sense? She knew that she knew when I wasn't uh, towing the line, if you will. And I heard about it. Like yeah. she was like, you're not like, you're not doing this. And I was concerned because it wasn't just the fact that I was feeling as an individual. I was, all, and, and as a member of, of, of the church that I grew up in, but I was also feeling as a partner. And so it was like this triple whammy. Like it was just like horrible. And that followed me everywhere. And that's why yeah. I couldn't figure out when talk about being unreadable and not knowing who I was. Perfect. That was exactly yeah. why that was the case because I was I was I was really putting in genuine and earnest effort to live 
how I was taught. And at the end of the day, I wasn't able to deliver. I wasn't able to do it. And it wasn't an all or nothing yeah. thing. It was just like, I wasn't able to live the ideal perfect life that I was um, taught to. Yeah. And even though you may have at the time um, thought that that was attainable mm -hmm. in hindsight, oh, dude. most of humanity is in that, gr in, in that gray area yes. believing they need to be black or white. Yes. And uh, you hadn't been able to come, you're saying you haven't been able to, to come to that conclusion yourself that, Life, yeah. life is in the grave. And so, and so that, and I totally was not. And so that, that years of living in that space, um, years of living in that space, um, grew in me this, um, how should we say it? It grew this shame, this, I'm not good enough. I'm not going to ever be able to measure up that just increased over time. And that made it, um, exceedingly more complicated with, you know, when, now that I'm a father to Lucy and now Ellie's here and now we've, we've changed jobs, we've moved states uh, for a job, you know, all, all these other life experiences became all the more weighty because I didn't know who I was. Yeah. Cause I was trying to be all these other things that I knew that my family wanted me to be, my extended family. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. My grandparents. Um, and, and, and to be super clear on this, right. It's like my, my great grandfather came like immigrated from Stockholm. Well, not from Stockholm, but from Sweden. Um, to be uh, to to become live amongst the Mormons in in Utah, you know, in the late eighteen hundreds, and so my 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 grandma always made sure that was known, and that there was a, you know, this family history expectation of you like that, you got to live up to the expectation, yeah, yeah, like, that weight that you, your grandpa gave up everything to yes, do this, yes, are you too good for it, yes, and and so I had to I had to to live it, and I couldn't I I just didn't I wasn't I was not able to live to live with the dichotomy that existed in that. And I, and moreover, what that really is, it's an indicator of how much how much grace and love I did not have for myself. Well said. Absolutely that you were okay with other people not living that standard. You were yeah. okay with other people living in the gray and you could recognize that there was gray for them. Yeah. But for yourself, it had to be black or white. It had to be black or white. Yeah. And, and that, that became, I mean, that was really, um, that, those are the hardest, those are the hardest times that I look back on because of, because of how emotionally, spiritually, um, mentally destructive it was for me. But I yeah. didn't pay the price for those things until later. So, you know, let's, let's say that's like, you know, 10, you know, five, 10 years ago. Yeah. And, then I started, then I started, then I realized, okay, I, I've, I've, I've crossed the line. I've had, I've had another affair. I've got to get specialized help. I've got to get Ashley to help the sheets because I betrayed her again. Um, then we started this new season of, of recovery where I began to figure out how to align myself with the, the values, the principles that would guide me. So we, we you know, reference the bumpers, yeah. you know, the, the, yeah. the bowling alley. I, I started to figure out, okay, just from a rudimentary standpoint, which which of the bumpers are going to help me get this ball from where I am now <laughs> down to where the pins are? Yeah, and I began to show up on the daily, and I started to do that, and that carried over day after day after day, after week after week after week, and I I found a way where I could begin living not all but certain aspects of my life more than previous. Yes, yes, I was like I was living this I was, I was living a new measure of harmo of harmony. <laughs> Harmony. I was I was living more harmoniously than I had in so long, um, in certain ways. Yeah. Right. And so I was like, for, like working out 
and doing like personal development and um, being disciplined with, you know, how I, you know, sleep and you know, all, all kinds. Of, it might seem like, like trivial things, but those little trivial things were the bedrock to who I am now because I developed in me um, this understanding of I thrive best when there's structure in place in these specific ways that suit me best. Yeah, so not to assign it necessarily percentages, but maybe you were living like 50% of your life in that being okay with what it was. Yeah. And you you found a, a guide or a template that helped you move from 50 to 75, 80, maybe even yeah. 90. I don't know, what, yeah. but you improved. And so you saw in your personal life mm-hmm. where it was just so scattered and, yeah. and hard oh. to find yourself, you found improvement. Yes. Did that come across as... I'm there, I've arrived, or did, did you feel more like I'm better? Like in, in, in the moment, not in hindsight, but mm-hmm. in the moment, did you feel like, great, I am, I am doing the things I need to be yeah, doing? I, I, the best way to capture is, is to say, I could really say, I was walking the walk that I had defined. Like everybody's walk to be different, right? Yeah. But as far as the walk that I had decided that I was going to define it as, I knew that I was walking the walk. And, and that's never something that I had done before ever yeah like ever yeah. so it was a novel experience but it is a really important question because from that that um that harmonious living then what began what began to happen to me what began to happen internally with me Nate, is i began to feel the the little um sprouts of self-worth yeah, yeah. where wait i actually want to work out and because I didn't work out before, I felt horrible about myself. Yeah. <laughs> but now, wait, I want to work out, and I'm told I should work out, and it's going to help me. I'm doing it. Oh, my gosh. And all, all these little seeds of, of self-worth are starting to sprout and grow, which is changing who I am uh, dramatically on the inside. And there were a series of things that were like that where, where my heart began to, and, and there's infinite numbers of those things, but... I, I began to walk a walk that I had always wanted to, and it wasn't in totality. It wasn't. It wasn't complete. But it was so much better it than before. It was so much better, Nate. It was yeah. so much better. So, how did you find those things? Like, what were the things that you chose to do that you that you that you picked up on? Like, I mean, when I was going through my my uncoupling, I was a mess in most areas of, <laughs> of my life as well. I think we just, I was a mess. just by by definition, um, you struggle with your yourself image mm. yourself you struggle am i the person that i should be am i the person that i need to be so um you went through a situation like you said um you started uh, i believe you referred to it as as uh, um um oh no i forgot that um that that choice to work with ashlyn to get better yeah 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 so recovery yes that uh, once once okay so once we laid all the cards on the table I said, look, this is, this is as deep as I got in all this, okay? And, and we were both able to see what it was for what it was. But then we also saw someone say, hey, look, there's a path that's out of this. Yeah. And this path is hard and it's individual for each of you. But there will also come a point in time where this path will allow the both of you to, um, to converge onto one path together and to continue to climb like that's possible. So I, so again, very simple things like a 30 minute workout a day, a spiritual devotional for 10 minutes. Uh, I journaled for a very long time for only 10 minutes a day. Yeah. Um, I, 
I began to get my own personal house in order so that I could, just from a very rudimentary level, function in a more effective way in the the various roles that I played as a dad, as a partner, as uh, an individual, etc. So if if I had nothing else in terms of, um, if I had nothing else in terms of evidence that I was changing, that was enough for me at that time. Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. I'm doing something that I've never done before. Okay. I'll so take it. You were you were working on yourself. Yes. So that you could hopefully show up for your 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 partner and your family. Totally. And you didn't know how bad you were. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I didn't I mean no. I had um, no idea. That's the the idea of the the oxygen mask, right? And then you, you gotta put your oxygen mask on first. In the airplane. And until you're uh, until you're set and you've got your oxygen mask, uh-huh. you can't help others. Yeah. If you try to help others first, you'll you'll fail. Yeah. Yeah, I, you'll die. Yeah, and I did. I died many times, <laughs> many times. But ultimately, that road of recovery that we both went down on became this really beautiful thing. And that's where you know everybody who's listening to this right now has, has heard you know countless podcasts previous to you know articulating the journey that we had from being in a really tough place to being in a place of of healing. And what's interesting is is that the healing that I thought, excuse me, the the, the healing that I was seeking, that I was after, personally, went far beyond the, um, the dailies that I was doing, okay? And what I mean by that is, is the, the dailies that I was executing and the ways that I was helping other people yeah. to work through their own dark corners, you know what I mean, their own, their own, their own struggles, their own addictions, whatever, um, what, what began to, to, to be revealed to me was, okay, so you're in a good place, but guess what? Uh, under the surface... There's some more. There's some stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. And the stuff under the surface is the stuff that led you in the beginning down this path that you, that you started. Yeah. Okay. And so I kind of likened it to like a group in Spokane, Washington, Eastern Washington. And we were like 10 minutes from the Idaho border. And Northern Idaho has some beautiful stunning lakes. Yeah. Coeur d'Alene Lake is one of them. There's a, there's a, uh, an Ironman that, that takes place there. I think yeah. a half every year or something like that. Yeah. Um, but there's another lake called Lake Ponderay. And Lake Ponder's out um, in, in the boonies. It was actually a, a World War II naval base. And it was very long um, in terms of its length, but it was also supremely deep. So in World War II, they built a sub there just to test it, and then they sank it to the bottom of it, which meant because it was so deep, it was really, really, really cold. And yeah. so um, when we would jump into the lake, we had to be really careful of, of how high we were when we jumped in yeah. because below the, the first six feet of the water – was really really cold water because that's all the that's all the the more that the sun could warm up the water right, yeah. so it, you always knew when someone jumped too deep, they come <laughs> based up upon, no, based upon their screams when they came up out of the water, <laughs> and and that was I mean as funny as that was and it was funny that was so how this was personally yeah on the surface yes I was spending time on the surface five six feet of water learning how to do my dailies learning how to help other people and so forth but but. Once I learned that there was this, you know, underneath the six feet was all the cold, deep, dark waters that represented the the traumas, however big or however small, the hurts, the wounds yeah. that caused behavior that was unbecoming, that I didn't like. I realized I had to go down into that place. I had to be really uncomfortable. I had to be really committed to myself in order to go down deep enough to remedy those things. Yeah, but you weren't able to access that earlier because of all the the yes the water up top. Yes, cold, cold was still too cold up top. Totally. My uh, suffice it to say, my tolerance to discomfort was 
was minuscule at best. <laughs> yeah. At best. Yeah. At best. It was so horrible. So the the thing that really began to shift and change for me is when I is is in this in this road to recovery, probably a couple a couple years in, um, I was told by my therapist Amy, she's like, Hey, look, there's some mom wounds here. We really gotta deal with some mom wounds. Yeah. Let's put that on the list. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, don't forget, you got some dad wounds too. And then as we began to keep this living list of potential issues that were below the six feet trauma of water. Yeah, yeah. they were tra- trauma water. They were deep, cold, dark, scary. Yeah. Then when I, as I was ready, then I would I would go I would go down deep. And and sometimes going down deep meant um, I would do like neurofeedback, put a cap on my head with electrodes, try to retrain the neural pathways in my head. I did that for like six months. And when other issues would come up behaviorally on the surface for me, then, you know, Amy and Ashley and I would be sitting in the office and it was like, okay, Kobe, so still have issues. Okay, so now let's have you go do um, mindfulness-based stress reduction for 12 weeks. Ashley went and did that with me, actually. A really cool experience. Yeah. Really cool experience. But then it was, after that, it was, okay, now let's have you do prana yoga. And let's have you do uh, EMDR or trauma therapy. Let's have you do ART, which is, a, which is like an EMDR therapy on steroids. Um, and so all these modalities of therapy um, were presented to me to say these, we don't know which one of these is going to be the one that's going to help you to unlock yeah. um, or to, or to cure remedy the issues that are deep down below in the dark waters, but we need to find out what those are. And what you're saying is you were, you were going to your, your talk therapist yes. who was giving you different types of, um, or methodology. Yes to address the deeper water that the, those darker deeper, yes harder to find traumas and and experiences or whatever that, that had created who you are yes but you had never been able to address before entirely so 10 years ago you didn't know any of that mm-hmm. you started you got the the bigger chunks of your life if you will in order mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, st- you started prepping yourself to address the more um uh pointed uh-huh. and deeper totally deeper things it was like the i got my i got my my room clean enough to see the dirty to floor. see like uh nobody look at the corners yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> to see the floor and so what time of time frame what type of time frame are we looking at i mean to, yeah, that's a good time. question i mean we're, what we're really talking about is like um really 2000 um 18 2009 i mean we've been talking about this in the podcast there were there were four, four consecutive years in eight, in August where every year I was like, I want out. I don't know what's going on, but I, I just need out. And I couldn't figure out what was going on. Yeah. But because I had started to go down into those deep, dark waters and stir things up, I became consciously so uncomfortable Yeah. that I was like, I need out of here. Oh my gosh. But guess what? I was no more ready then than I was the 10 years previous after the second affair to leave because I didn't know who the hell I was. Yeah. It's I kind have of, no idea. Kind of that fight or flight thing. Yes. And you were, before you would have chosen flight. Oh, to, yeah. To run away from it, not address it. Totally. In, in August of the every year, you, you were coming <laughs> up to that. And the question would happen. Yeah. You know, it would come up, the discomfort would hit there. Yes. And you were choosing, you know, for, for years, you were choosing, all right, there's something new. I'm yeah. going to address it. I'm yes. going to fight this. And, and that was part Battle. of having a really great support network in place was, hey, look, we want you to trust us. 
And we want you to lean into this because we really think there's some other issues here, right? Attachment issues um, with with your mom and your dad. Um, and, and so I was like, okay, I'm, I trust you guys and I'm going to do this, right? And it was, the, the hard part about it was, Nate, was, was for me was going through um, these various heavy modalities of therapy in the cold, dark waters yeah. that were below six feet, right? Because it meant I, I knew that I had to sit, I, I, and it was dark. Yeah, I had to go to these dark places to try to fix all this stuff with help. But the every year that August came, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do. Then it was like, okay, go go do another one. Let's have you try this one. Let's go do this one here. All all the long, I was doing talk therapy. Okay, but what happened was is I, I looking back, Nate, I realized that um, I didn't know it at the time, but the the way that I was living, um, and I was still living in recovery for sure. But the way yeah. that I was living, there was there was still this. Uh, it was incongruent with with what was actually um, who 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 I actually was. Yeah. So Does you that make were, sense? You were still feeling like a little bit of a fraud, is what you were saying. Feeling a little bit of a fraud. Maybe maybe not feeling like a little bit of a fraud as much as it was like um, I was just doing whatever it took. I was like. Whatever I need to do, I'm going to do that. But that, but that meant though that I also had to turn off that part of my brain that was like, there might be something more here. There's something else that's a, that's a, yes, that's a yeah, and I, yes. I was gonna, I was just wanted to mention that you know we, we've been talking now for for a while about where you were at, yeah, and none of what we have talked about has been has been about your former, yeah. It's been about you, yeah. And even though there are two sides to every coin, mm-hmm. you took the time for those four, six, eight years, whatever it was, yeah. to work on yourself. Yeah. To say, hey, I'm doing everything I can to show up right for me, for, yeah. this, for this partnership, for this relationship. Yes. And I think it's fantastic that um, it's so easy to point fingers and, oh, my partner doesn't do this. My, yeah. my wife, my, sp- my husband, my girlfriend, my boyfriend, whatever. Yeah. They're not showing up how I need them. And even though um, in the moment you may have had moments of that, yes. that you did the work for yourself yeah on yourself to to be able to prep the confidence that you were showing up appropriately yes that you you could you could say hey i've done the work i know what i'm going through i know this is me or i have done everything on me this is now an us issue and i think that's phenomenal that you, you put in the work and and we've been able to talk about this now for a while mm-hmm. in, in this episode just about that, that yeah. you did what you needed to, um, without pointing fingers. Yeah. I, I appreciate you saying that because sometimes it's really easy to lose, to lose, to lose sight of that, I guess. Um, because it's, you know, there was always, we could always attribute destructive behavior to something. Oh yeah. It's easy to, it's easy to cast that blame. It's super easy. easy. To, yeah. Yeah. And, um, what I learned was, is what I learned was that it's never, ever that simple. Yeah. And there's always way more to it. And if you start pulling on that little thread, then it's very, very quickly can things become um, unwound. Yeah. It's a slippery slope. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, we're really mixing metaphors. My bad. <laughs> so we do. So I, I think that I think the really important transition in this part of the conversation is to is to identify some some really important key points. And that is. Um, through all of this, this deep, deep work that I was doing, 
And I just have just thinking back to it, it's just like, oh my gosh, like that was just a lot. I didn't know how bad I needed it until I was through it. Yeah. In the moment, you don't realize you're thinking, I, I can do this. It's, it's no big deal. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll go to, I'll do the ART or I'll do whatever modality of therapy yeah. that they're saying so that I can say I've done it. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to help or not, but I'll do it yeah. because it, it proves to me and it proves to others that I'm trying. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and what else, what else could I do besides just try, you know? Yeah. I, I didn't know what else to do besides Especially in the moment. You're trying to trying to save a marriage. You're trying to save oh, a relationship. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And and that was I was if there's one thing that I was committed to, it was to doing whatever it took in terms of my own personal work to um to get through this. To not have those moments in August where I was like, Oh, I think I want out. Because yeah. I couldn't I couldn't pinpoint exactly why I wanted out. And that also goes to show that even though I was year after year I was doing the deep work in the cold deep waters. I still hadn't yet um, discovered or understood who I was personally because I hadn't done all that work yet. Yeah, you had you had to do the work before you could. Yes, yeah. and that and that answers the question that you asked earlier, which is like, so why didn't that happen years ago? I <laughs> I had no clue who I was then, and even amidst all those years of deep deep therapy, I still didn't understand. So, so here's where everything kind of um, came to a head. Yes, this yeah. is where everything kind of came to a head. Um, there, I didn't know and understand this at the time, but um, John Gottman, because we hadn't spent a lot of time on John Gottman. Um, he's just a, a marriage uh, and therapy researcher who's been on for decades, he and his wife. And they're brilliant. They're published all over the green earth, literally. And um, he had this meme that crossed social media somewhere, and someone showed it to me, and it said, the four horsemen of the apocalypse for marriage. I was like, oh, yeah. this sounds super hopeful. At least yeah. he's just into only four. Yay. <laughs> I know. It was it was quite it was quite revealing. But the um the interesting thing was excuse me, is um the first two I'll get I'll list all of them. Yeah. Criticism. Okay. And and the way that Gottman defines that is is well, criticism, contempt, uh stonewalling and blaming. Yeah. And those are the four destructive, you know, the, it, he says the four horsemen of the, of the apocalypse for marriage. marriage yes. But those are four destructive behaviors yes. in a marriage. And he said within like 90%, 90 point something percent, he, is, he can predict whether a marriage will last or not based upon how pervasive those four things are. Yeah. Okay. So I know for sure, dude, I blamed and I stonewalled like crazy for so, 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 so long. Yeah. For so long. But then I realized, wait, okay, okay, so so this meme I saw in, geez, I saw in 21, okay. January 21. Early last year. Yes. Yeah. But, um, and I had heard them kind of alluded to, but I'd never really um, saw them for what they were. It okay. Didn't, it didn't resonate. Yeah, maybe whether it was the visual, whether you weren't ready for it or whatnot, but you'd seen it, but you had, it hadn't connected yes, like that with you. Exactly. Yeah. So you saw this meme. And I realized, okay, so I for sure blamed and I stonewalled for so many years. But I also realized too, once I started specialized therapy to heal, yeah. right? That stuff stayed in the past. As a rule, it stayed in the past. Now, surely there were times when I, I still um, would go to those places, but they were very few and far in between because I was really, really focused on my stuff yeah. and what I was responsible for, what I could do. But 
but what I realized was is that the criticism and contempt, and the way that the way that uh, Gottman defines it, criticism is is criticizing somebody um, for how they do X, whether that's uh, criticizing somebody for how they make the bed, how they squeeze the toothpaste tube, yeah. um, how they you know smoke meat, whatever the case is. But contempt is criticizing the character of the person because of how they did X, Y, Z. Yeah, and and so they can the same saying or the, so if somebody expresses something to you uh-huh. can be like you always make the bed uh or you know you put the sheets on inside yeah. out um that's a that's criticism yes you put the sheets inside out why are you so dumb yes is contempt yes exactly exactly and um that was in in, in looking back the 10 years previous the five years previous right that was all in my head, subconsciously so, like warranted and justified. Meaning, I thought I was worthy of those things because of all the destructive uh, behavior that I brought into the because relationship. you didn't know who you were. Yes. You, you believed that you were dumb for putting the sheets inside out. Yes. Yes. And what happened was, is through the course of doing, you know, the, especially the last four years of, of this deep, deep work that's dark down in the cold waters, those by doing all that work then what i didn't realize what's happening was is i was beginning to um let go of those beliefs that i was worthy of that kind of criticism yeah because you realize you weren't dumb no and then like completely i'm just yes <laughs> yes is the answer to your question yeah and and so when that when that behavior persisted then inside of me it was just like wait a second this like it was like a head-on collision in my in my heart and my gut like this doesn't fit at all. That's not who you are. That's not like, yeah. I don't like, I cannot own this. I cannot. I, and, I, and I will not. And, um, and so had a really, really, really hard, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Um, weekend in Zion of, of 21. That's where you guys you hopped in. Is it a road trip? If I yeah. remember right. Road trip. Hopped in the car. Yeah. Another family friend Zion. drove yeah. down there. It was, it was um, it was challenging from right when we got on the freeway till we got off the freeway. Yeah, and days later, probably to set that up, you expected it to be a fun weekend, dude. I <laughs> it, it, it missed the boat. It, yes, yes, I expected it to be like an outrageously fun weekend. That was actually also the weekend too, where we didn't realize it, but Ashlyn was dreadfully afraid of heights, and we hiked uh, angels landing. Oh yeah. And she just sobbed through all the technical part of climbing up, uh, the saddle of angels landing. But I was like right there with her. Like, let's do this. I got you. We're like step by step. And she was like, she was getting her golem crawl on. Yeah. And just sobbing. But it was like, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm here. And powering through it. Yes. And and I said, you want to, we can stop. We can go back. No, no, no. I want to keep going. So it was really courageous of her to say, this is scary and I'm almost paralyzed with tears and fear, but I'm still going to move forward. And that's a difficult situation because she probably at the time didn't realize in your relationship that that trip was a shit show. Yeah. 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 Because she was going through so much personally, especially on that, on the angels landing climb that she couldn't see what you were going through yeah, and what the relationship was going through. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fair, that's a super fair point. And, um, but it was a real realization that you had. Yes. That at the end of that trip. Exactly. That when I, when I came home, that was my moment of awakening. 
And, and, and what I mean by that is, is all of the previous years of the deep, dark waters of work, right? The traumas on all the different modalities to figure out who I was and who I wasn't. That's when everything aligned. And I actually said, okay, this criticism and contempt has existed because I've allowed it to exist. I have, I've made it okay in my relationship to not only endure this, but to, um, yeah, to make it okay. And guess what? I was so wrong. Yeah. I was so wrong. And th- that was, was we're saying that was kind of the moment that you're like, okay, this is, uh, it, it's not August of me working on, on things for myself. Yes. This is August of I've done what I need to do to this point. And this, this is no longer, not only is this no longer like I, I, I will no longer accept any piece parcel, you know, fraction of this, but I'm done enduring any part of it because let me say this, the criticism and contempt, it had been addressed many, many, many times in, in many parts of um, recovery in and our marriage, both in the therapy office and outside of it. And I'll also say, that um, it was visible by other people who were in, um, who were really kind of in closer circles with us. Yeah. And, but it was very, very um, covert, yeah. very, very subtle. And so um, on, the, on the surface, no one, no, very few people saw it. Very, very, very few. Yeah, very few people saw it. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't want to infer that this was the case for you. Okay. But there will be people listening to this podcast huh. that are going through um, physical or emotional abuse situations. Mm. And if if someone's going through those things, it's yeah. very easy for them to, like you did, yeah. normalize it. Uh. It's me. I deserve this. Yes. I've done this to myself. Um, Who am I? I'm not worthy of anything more than this. Yes. Yeah. And so the only way you were able to get to that point, and I'm not saying if you're in a, in an abusive relationship and, or that you were, I don't want to, 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 to push too much, but sure. I, I, if you're going through those things, it's so easy to normalize that. And if you are going through those things, you don't have to do the work to get to the point where you're like, all right, I'm good. I'm, I'm good now. It's somebody, it, it's not my problem or it's not my fault. Yes. If you're going through those things, you need to be able to realize, say, even though I have work to do, yeah. if this is an abusive relationship, I need to change something. Yes, I yes. Just, that's more of a warning than a than a a, a commentary on on what you were going through. Yes, um, I just there's there should be no tolerance for. There, I mean, there, yes, abuse. totally, a thousand percent. There isn't, and and um, that's, I mean, that's very very well said. There should be no tolerance, and and that was part of my journey, like going down and doing all that deep work. Like to be able Nate, to recognize that was, it. that was part of my work is realizing who I was and that what I was on the receiving end yeah. was something that I allowed to begin with that I, that I was okay with because of who I thought I was and how unworthy I thought I was. But then once I began to heal and I was like, Oh, wait a second, this is actually what's been happening. And I'm, this is not okay anymore. Not only is it not okay, but enough. It's not who you are. no, it's not no, who no. you are. Yeah. And, and so it um, came home from Zion and it was a really hard, hard, hard couple of weeks. It was a really hard couple of weeks. February of 21 was just really, really challenging because we were, I'd moved into the basement after we went to Zion yeah. and was sleeping in the basement and, um, and Ashton was upstairs and the girls knew what was going on. Yeah. 
And, um, but, but here's what I did know for sure is this, this conclusion that I had of this is no more that only came because I was willing to go into those really cold waters of Lake Ponderay. You have to. Yeah. And it, Nate, it, it proved to me that I was no fragile person anymore. Yeah. You had done that work. You had, and it took years, but you had built your confidence to where you knew who you were. Mm-hmm. And it, any, any one of us at any point in our lives or lying to ourselves if we know who we are 100%. Oh, dude. <laughs> but Preach. you had no idea who you were. Yes. And you didn't know what you could stand I up for. I was too busy trying to meet expectations that were given to me. Yes. Rather than trying to look internally as to who I was and then say, okay, what do I actually want? What's valuable to me? Yeah. What, what principles will guide my ball down the lane without going into the gutter? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And, and when I woke up to that, it was a very, 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 it was, it was the most intense and challenging decision that I ever made. And I remember the week that I made the decision to uncouple, um, I journaled more then than I had in a very, very, very long time. But what was interesting though, every time I sat down to journal, this thought crossed my head over and over again, trust yourself, trust yourself. That is so hard. Trust yourself. And it was, it was, it was, it was, it was so, so hard, but, but it was like, my mind was quickened because I was able to remember like, look at all this work that I've done. How can I not trust myself that that it no longer has a place in my life ever. And I think again, the, the, the important thing to remember on this is that, is that if, um, me pre recovery, right. Yeah. Um, 10 years ago. Or yes, so. yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Once I started recovery, that's when that's when I said, okay, everything prior to reco- everything prior to recovery, well, just like that's a scratch because that's just that that was who I I wasn't that person that wasn't me, okay. But but once we started recovery, in earnest, it was like okay, now we're new people and we're evolving and changing and growing. So therefore, anything that I had in the past, I need to leave in the past because I'm this new person now, and any behavior that might be bubbling up that's reminiscent of the past stops right now yeah and i was really 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 focused on that i wasn't perfect at all i mean even in recovery still you know <laughs> losing my losing my shit on my kids and yelling swear at them and stuff um and and you know that's not that's not something that i, that I like or i'm proud of but that's just how that went down but ultimately um this is this was the point is because i had done enough of the deep work that's when i said it's enough and when i said it was enough then it was the hardest, the hardest thing to say out loud yeah. because I had to think through, okay, so if I make this decision, what does this mean in terms of my girls? Yeah. What does this mean for them? Because they're, you know, the ages that they're at. Um, what does this mean in terms of my relationship with, with Ashlyn? Yeah. What does this mean in terms of my relationship with God? What does this mean in, in terms of my relationship with my social circles? Yeah. Then it's like, wait, we have this business and this podcast. What happens there? And I have all these guys that I work with one-on-one and I work with in groups and I have guys that run groups for me. And I had to factor that into it as well. But here's what I knew without question. And this is the part where it's really easy circle because it's like, trust yourself. Um, I 
hey, I just trusted that it didn't matter where any of those things, didn't matter if they fell apart or if they stood strong through all this. They were going to do whatever they were going to do, but I was going to live in my integrity of knowing enough. You did you. I did me. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about this over the past week that everybody, when they make the choice to uncouple, has this almost like a checklist, right? It's this idea yes. that, that am I okay with the consequences that will spiral out from this mm-hmm. in certain situations? And you went through and you just listed a bunch of them. Um, God and religion. Mm-hmm. Obviously, spouse is a big one. Obviously, children and family. Extended family, yeah. And then extended family, yeah. Um, your you guys owned a business together. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe if you don't own a business, but you still have a job that may, it may affect your job. Sure. Uh, it may affect your income. Um, for years you preached in, um, preach is probably a strong word, but, <laughs> but you, you, you talked about how, um, going through recovery had strengthened your marriage. Yes. And whether it strengthened your marriage or not, it built you. Yes. It, personally changed who you were and allowed you to see this is who I am. Yes. And if we circle back a little bit, 10, six to 10 years ago or so, yeah. um, when I chose to uncouple uh-huh. and you chose to stay coupled, uh-huh. that checklist, you weren't able to check the box of I'm okay with with what these things are going to be completely i had no idea there was a checklist let alone what what might might be on the list itself yeah and so the difference really between where you were 10 years ago Mm -hmm. and where you were last year and two years ago the confidence that you had in yourself the confidence that you knew i'm doing this for me yeah so that i can be a better person for my children and for me um, allowed you to confidently Tick the boxes Yes. of this is done. I'm okay. If that means I lose my income, I'm okay. Yes. I will find something. If yes. that means that I lose my my relationship with God uh, for a short term, uh-huh. I'm okay with that. Yes. I can find that again. He, he'll be there. Yeah. Um, if I if I lose my relationship short term with my spouse uh-huh. or long term, yeah. I'm okay with that. But I need to fix this part of my life. Totally. That, I mean, that's that's so well said because Nate, to to this point, uh, you. I mean, we've we've captured it, but you've done a very good a very good job of like articulating it. I I had lived so long trying to meet expectations of others that I had no idea um, had anything to do with me. I, yeah. I just I just didn't. I wasn't. I, I didn't know that I could consider myself in day to day decisions um, like I, like I am now. And, and this is why one of those, this is one of those situations where it's like, I wouldn't wish addiction on anybody, but I would wish recovery on every person simply because of the process of growth that it demands and the ways that it, um, stretches us to become, um, more fully, not completely, but more fully who, who we are and, and the best of us. And here's the cool part. I remember sitting in so many classes, um, Brandon, who was the, uh, who was the, uh, the the co-host on the podcast? I said in this foundations group when I first started. Yeah. And um, integrity is talked about all the time. You know, knowing what you're going to do um, and living how you're going to live, and making sure that those things coincide. And as ironic as it sounds, to say that leaving uncoupling was the very best and healthiest decision that I ever made because of integrity. Because of integrity. Yeah. That um, I, I owe nobody anything. I don't owe 
a thing to anybody. And I want everybody who's listening to this to know how much I appreciate you taking time just to listen to Nate and I, but also the time that you invested in us previously. But I also stand by what I just said, which is I have given every part of my personal life that I could to help people who were in the darkest corners of addiction and lost and had no idea who they were. Yeah. I, I gave everything that I could. And when it all came down to it, me aligning myself with the message of having integrity meant that I had to exit um, a, an unhealthy relationship, even in recovery. Yeah. That was the very best thing that I could do. And here's the cool thing. No one has to answer for that except for me. Yeah, and if somebody that's listening to this podcast has is going through that, yes, they're the only person they have to. Yes, to, yeah, yes. You have to be, live by your own truth. Totally, totally. Yeah. You know, there's there's a, there's a series of other things, Nate, and just in terms of um, clinical terms and and um, and theories that played a role in my decision making process with all this in terms of like attachment theory, um, codependency. Um, there's a series of things and, and we'll, we'll hit those in another episode, but, but for right now, I think it's suffice it to say is, is that, um, that there was a checklist of things that I had to go through to vet everything. And I will say this too. Okay. I will say this. The, the first, the first few months that I lived here, I, I moved, I moved in here like March 1st and then May, the first week in May is when we announced, um, I, I, I stayed here in, in this apartment, and I had the girls half the time, but I had never, ever, ever been more lonely in my life. It's so hard, huh? Lonely. Because, because there, were, um, there were so many people who were not living with Ashlyn and I and the girls who, who presumed that they understood all of the details of what, our li- what was going on in our lives yeah. that, that warranted them coming to a certain conclusion as to how wrong I was, how out of alignment I was, okay? But what I can say is this, is that until you live behind closed doors with someone, you're really not going to be able to understand the full depth and breadth of what that experience is like. And the when, when um, I could really say that my actions aligned with my words in terms of my integrity is concerned, I didn't need anybody else to reassure me that my decision was right because I knew that it was. I didn't need anyone else to tell me, hey, good job. I didn't need that. But I will tell you, yeah. the, the, the hauntingly lonely season by myself here was critical for me. It was, it was so imperative for me because guess what? You think I'd be spitting out an addiction. Guess what? No. I was pouring myself into my own efforts as far as my daily are concerned and in my work. And I, I sat here with the TV off and, and with no music playing for so, so, so many months just to sit in it, to feel through it, and to sit in, this is what, this is what everybody perceives as the reality, but I know what mine is, I know what my truth is, and I know that I'm aligned with it, and I need to be okay letting them do them while I'm focused on me and doing what, what's the very best thing for me. Whatever those assumptions that they have about the situation is, mm-hmm. doesn't matter to you. No, no, no. You were, you were living your truth. Yes, yeah. yes. It, and I agree that's that's a very difficult thing to do, and to be able to be okay with those other uh, with other people's assumptions, whether they're vocalized or whether they're just in their own mind, mm-hmm. and you know that they're having those assumptions. We've all made them about totally. other people. 
right? I mean, myself included. Totally, celebrity gossip is filled with <laughs> with the assumptions of white. No, 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 no it's right? all true. It's yeah. all true. I promise. But it doesn't. Says so. It really doesn't matter. Yeah, it, and it shouldn't matter to us. It's you know, it's humans that we do it, but it shouldn't matter to us what other people do with their lives. For sure, and. Um, you know, I guess as we just kind of wrap this thing, I think I, I go back to what you, what you said earlier, which is um, this is about my journey of growth. And this is about uh, the awakenings that I've had on my journey of growth. And um, I can say with, with humility, but also with pride that I, I have never more aligned with my truth. I've never more, I, I've never lived with integrity more in my life than I have since I made that decision the hardest decision ever. Yeah. But I've, 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 I've never been more proud of myself because, because of that. And when I can say that, despite, I mean, despite what it looks like on paper and I can still be okay with it. That's when, you know, all of the deep work that I did, all the years of therapy that I did, it worked just not in the ways that, uh, the, the people at large thought and hoped that it would. Yeah. Yeah, and even the term "failed marriage" is a is a bitch of a term. Oh, that's we, rubbish, dude! <laughs> right? Yeah, like it, it's not that it was a failed marriage; it's that you you succeeded in mm-hmm. finding yourself for sure. And it just happened that it wasn't with your partner. for sure. And and because I was because I was just sitting in this trying to work through it, that's what also helped me to remember. I if I get if I get on that on that train of thinking in, in, about what other people are, are saying. Then I know that I've 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 stepped out of um, alignment in a small way, because those voices won't serve me in any way. I need to make sure that I can align myself with who I am and the decisions I've made that, that represent my truth, that represent the best thing for me, and that's why I have stayed um, silent until now. Yeah, because so, I didn't need so many. of Those are just assumptions from the peanut gallery, and you're <laughs> yeah. giving credence to stuff that doesn't doesn't sure. matter. Yeah, for sure. But I'm proud of you and the the work that that you've done to get to this point it's not easy a lot of people think that um uncoupling and divorce is, a, is the easy it's way it out is. it is it's, many things it's not the that's easy not out. it yeah it, having you know you, you've you've done the, the work of staying and it's hard yeah you've done the work of leaving and it's hard like it in no way shape is either of this hard I mean, oh man here in, in, in the state of Utah, they have that, that class that when you divorce, you have to take this class. Yeah. I think it's only if you have kids. It might not be. If, if you don't have kids, you might not have Correct. to take it. Correct. But I really wish they would give that course before you got a marriage certificate. Right? They should give that course. I should they, think about that? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with how easy it is to get married, they should make it harder right? to get married. Yeah. And with how quickly people upon marriage have babies, it's like... The time span from when you actually ought to take that class till you actually have kids, it's a pretty small amount of time. <laughs> that would serve everybody well. well yeah, I agree nice. with you on that 100%. Yeah. Um, I appreciate you guiding me, Nate, and, and leading me on this. And, Thanks for trusting me. Um, this, man. Dude, there's no question. And, and to everybody who's listening, my hope is that, you'll, that you can find, if you don't already, find your own Nate who will challenge you, who will love you, who will honor you, who will not let you get away with you know, delusions of grandeur or anything else like that, <laughs> because that's the truth. And you've always been that way. And I wouldn't change anything for that's that right. because I can always count on, um, love, support, truth, and no matter how bitter <laughs> it, is, <laughs> it is. So yeah, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Okay. It's, uh, this worked out well. It did. Thanks for listening you guys. And, uh, we'll hit you again later. Peace out.
And if you like what you heard, subscribe. Love to hear from you. Also, if you would like to join an episode to walk through any kind of situation or scenario that's been really tough and challenging for you, go to growwithkobe.com and click on the email button and send me an email and let me know what your situation is, what you'd like to talk about, what you'd like to talk through, and maybe the first one I'll get to read on an episode. If there's one that you'd like to talk through or maybe a topic that you feel is of interest to you, I'd love to hear more about it.